Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. How do I sound? How do I sound? Oh, you... <laughs> Matt, mate, you sound absolutely <laughs> fantastic, mate. This is, this is new territory. Got brand new mic. I feel like I've leveled up. I feel like we've got to Avengers. We're at the final phase one and I've leveled up, mate. I've got a brand new mic. It's got a brand new microphone and the only way I knew how to react to that was to try and go one better. <laughs> yes. So I am, I am currently you know, talking through what can only be described as the most ludicrously sized stand you've ever seen in your life. Which I, I, I got this stand for my birthday. I was like, oh yeah, quality, that's a great shout. Then I realised that the table that I do the podcast from it isn't the type of table you can put a stand on because it goes all the way back. Yep. So it's yeah, too chunky. It's a chunky monkey of a table, right? So I've had to use the window ledge, which is right in the other part of the room. What a setup you've got. <laughs> what a setup, mate. I don't and... think you could go beyond any other level now. You've got everything you've got everything you need. I can't believe it's I can't believe we're here already, mate. End of phase one. Like it's mad. Like we've we we've really gone through all the movies. We have been talking about and hyping up getting to the first Avengers movie, and here we flipping are, and my god, have we got so much to talk about. Oh, an endless supply to talk about. I, th- I think first and foremost, um, and we we haven't we haven't spoke about speaking about this uh, is we've we've launched a podcast. Podcast is now live. We have since the last time we recorded. Uh, we hit the go button, and and we've gone live. And um, I, it's we've had such a good reception. It's been brilliant. It's been amazing. It genuinely has been uh, really awesome just to see the work that we've put in for the last few months come up and people listening to it and all the responses have been awesome. So thank you, everybody, for listening and commenting. And we've got emails coming in as well, which is awesome. Um, so, yeah, stick with us because this is only the beginning, really. This is only the just beginning. the beginning, and um, yeah, and uh, we've got more than one listener, Matt. Yes, yes, we do, my yes. friends. We've got more than one listener, and uh, we've got listeners in America. I saw last night. Now, yeah, so hello, we've, America. We've reached the states. Hello, um, we've got uh, Belgium. We've got a very avid mm. Belgium listener. They they listen from week one. So hello to Belgium. Oh. Hello to the. Let states. us know who you are if you're if you're listening and you're new. And and you might not know us personally. Just let us, you know, get in contact. Get in contact with us so we can shout about you being awesome as well, listening to our stupid little voices. So, yeah, drop us an email. <laughs> don't don't be a hero podcast at gmail.com. That's the one. Oh, I'm beaming. I'm beaming. I'm just so excited. I'm just so thrilled that we're doing this. The artwork looks great. Um is it credit? Oh, I've got his name now. We need to cut this bit. What, Mike, Mike, Mick? My, Mick uh, Russian? Mick Russian. Russian. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mick, so Mick, our, is... our, Mick did our artwork, didn't he? Um, mm. 
for the podcast. He's got an amazing logo for us and bit some a bit of artwork, uh, which looks awesome. I'm dressed as Thor, mate. I'm dressed as Thor. It's so cool. I've got to clear the. I've got to get this out of here right now. I think you do. I think you need uh, to come clean before we start, mate. I do. So I am cut. I was just about to take a swig of water, uh, and that's be- what you're drinking. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, my drink for today's podcast is water because uh, so it was my birthday this week um, and uh, we went a bit out on the town last night. Not me and Matt, uh, but uh, yeah, Matt, Matt clearly was busy. But uh, the, <laughs> no, I went out uh, yesterday to town and I've got to say I'm quite worse for wear today. Hence why I'll probably sound quite worse for wear. I'm just, you know, I'm starting, starting it as I mean to go on for the next two hours. So, uh, what, but what are you, what are you drinking, mate? That's the main question. <laughs> mate, what am I drinking? I am drinking a Brewdog Punk IPA. You cannot go wrong. Standard, absolutely fantastic beer. Yeah, that's what I'm drinking, brother. Oh, that's what yeah, I'm drinking. What it's chill. all good. Yeah. But anyway, that's, you know, you know, I think it's all very, very exciting, but we've got so much to talk about. And we are talking about Avengers Assemble. It's Avengers Assemble's time. I think we were talking about previously, like, filming this, doing this together and seeing if we could make it a bigger thing. But we've had, a, you know, since we've released the podcast, we've had a little bit of a few weeks break between the last podcast and this one, um, just because of life things. So what happened for me, I don't know how to do this as well, mate, but I've had to watch it twice. Oh, in the last 100%. Few weeks. I've, I've watched it fully once. And then I have to go back and go right. Okay, what were the what were the moments that I wanted to yeah, just yeah. brush up on? Um, but absolutely, I mean, this is a it's a monster of a film. It's, it's the huge. longest film, longest film by a long shot so far. Um, yeah, yeah. Certainly, out of phase, phase one, we had very traditional hour and a half, hour and forty, you know, minute minute films, and then this. I one had to goes, take a break. Yeah, man. I, know. I had to take a break halfway through, like just to just to sort of retain everything that was happening but um it was i think for me it was the first time i've watched that in a couple of years but i do like to go back to this movie every now and then just to watch it to see how far you know just the the mcu has come and it just it feels like this is this is the first pinnacle film that really does set the tone for the rest of the you know especially for phase two but then beyond it becomes that kind of milestone movie um, but let's talk about the synopsis. I want to hear the synopsis of Avengers Assemble. When Thor's evil brother, Loki, gains access to the unlimited power of the energy cube called the Tesseract, Nick Fury, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., initiates a superhero recruitment effort to defeat the unprecedented threat to Earth. Joining Fury's dream team are Iron Man, Captain America, 
Thor, The Black Widow, and Hawkeye. I, I love that Hawkeye's last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and Hawkeye's always last. Yes, and it constantly feels like an afterthought. Like, and we'll talk about that yeah. in, even in this film. Feels like a bit yeah, of an he does. Yeah. But yes, cool. So there we go. That's the synopsis. It, again, it doesn't doesn't feel as stacked as what you probably think it should be for it being uh, the first team up movie for the MCU. But no, it does there. deliver the goods though. It delivers the goods. Tells you what you need to know. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Um, when when did this come out, mate? What year did it? What year? This year? Uh, year, month, and day. Year, month, and day. Uh, so May the fourth, twenty twelve. So Star Wars Day. Wow, well, that's interesting. What if that was done deliberately or not? Don't know. Uh, yeah, never knew that. Yeah, yeah. So May the fourth, um, two hours twenty three minute runtime on this bad boy. See, that's a long one. That's a long one. That's yeah. almost Lord of the Rings long, you know. You give it yeah. another half hour. Chuck another half hour on that. Wow. wow. I mean, it's um it's it needed to be that length, didn't it? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Cuz because of all the characters that they're they're in, all all the people that you've set up in the last, you know, previous movies, you need it to be substantial. You need it to have that kind of length. And I, Fair enough, I had to have a break when I was watching it. But just the way I think the film is presented, the way it's paced, is really nice. You don't get bored. There's enough action. There's enough uh, dramatic scenes. There's a, there's a like We'll talk about it later, but there's a wicked dramatic scene between Thor and Loki in the mm. first half of the movie. Um, and so there's the, it, the way it's been composed together, it's a flipping brilliant superhero movie, man. Really good. It's fantastic. And I think one of the things that I did think about was that I really like the way that they've formatted the film. So it doesn't yeah. feel like, right, we're just going to go to a ma- one single massive battle at the end. Uh, we're going to gear up for that and then that's it. Because mm. there were several little battles in there. There's several moments in there. And it kind of spices it up a bit. You know, we get we get different moments we're not expecting. Um, and I think they've done a really great job at stitching this, this film together. Mm. And, you know, it's been 10 years. So they've just celebrated their 10th year anniversary with this movie coming out. And after, you know, watching it quite recently, you know, for a couple of times, it doesn't feel like it's aged badly at all. Like it's no. got, it's got, and I'm and I'm talking about the way that it's been visually represented as, as well in terms of its visual effects and all that kind of stuff. It's still really good, mm. really good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's delve deep. Let's go for it. Strap yourself in, everybody. Here we go. Uh, so we start uh, in Shield. We we come back to Agent Carson. We come back to uh, Nick Fury. Uh, we see they've got the Tesseract. Um, uh, Doctor Selvig joins us. Joins us again. Yeah, he does. Uh, he joins us, uh, and they're they're quite worried, aren't they? Because there's a lot of energy going on with this Tesseract. Lots of energy. Lots of blue, lovely lights. I do you know what? I re- <laughs> this sounds really silly. I like the color of it. I just I just really like the color of the Tesseract. <laughs> 
there's that really lovely sky blue but then what the way it kind of moves you get the deep kind of blues in there and everything i've always wa- I genuinely i've always wanted to own like a replica version of that oh that kind yeah. of lights and i know there's got there's got to be a few of those out there but like i've always wanted to own a tesseract in its complete size oh. um but yeah no it does there's lots of energy they don't really know what to do with it um Dr. Selvik seems pretty excited to be part of this. You know, you can see um, the fact that Nick Fury, because obviously we saw in the end credits that Nick Fury uh, approached him, but this is from obviously the influence of Loki. You can <clears> see <throat> that sort of in there sort of happening. Um, and Clint's there as well. Clint Hawkeye is like Batman brooding yeah, at the yeah, yeah. top of the warehouse, just sort of just watching his eyes like a hawk. Um, which you don't actually, to be honest, really see him do much of that at all since beyond that point in any of the movies going forward. It was it was good introduction, I think. I think you yeah. know it, it literally spelling out Hawkeye and, and the type of because because he exactly. Let's be totally honest, he's not the most exciting superhero. In, but he was yeah. doing the lookout, wasn't he? He was looking out. He said, "There's yeah. no threats to Selvik. He's his background is clean." Blah 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 blah. blah. And then Clint goes, "Well, you know." You know, we, there's lots of energy coming from our side, but there's also, you know, this is a portal, isn't it? So clearly, there's a door the other side that's feeling the same amount of energy. And then Nick Fury is like, "Oh, oh, and we can't control that." And then obviously, it gets out of hand very, very, very quickly. And then all of a sudden, the Tesseract has a big kind of like meh, spurts out some like gamma light, blue, blue light. I was, I don't know what I was going to say then. I was going to say blue, lovely light. I like the light, um, and yep. appears 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 Loki, um, ready. He looks a bit dishevelled, actually. He looks he looks like he's um, he does a bit, a bit tired. He? Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit a little bit a little bit tired, um, and then it, yeah, it, like I say, gets completely out of hand very quickly, um, and um, cast. Long story short, basically possesses. The power of multiple people, including Hawkeye and Doctor Selvig, uh, mm. and disappears with said tesseract. He does in a in a in a in a van at the back. Um, I think it was most, quite cool. Gone. Not not the most glorious exit in the van. It's got, not, I've, is it? That's that's very true. <clears throat> out of all of the ways, you know, all of the powers in the room, all of the things that Loki could get, the mischief he could get up to, and he goes right. I've got this van. Why did he decide to do that? Absolutely no idea. He could have uh, flew. <laughs> yeah. He could have flew. He could have teleported out of there. But you know, he decided to sit in the back of a van with his now new possessed mates that bailed him out. Uh, hello, Mr. Feige, uh, listener number one. If you could uh, drop us an email, just explain yourself there, please, mate. That'd be great. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kev. K dog, um, yeah, a bit strange choice. But what I what I enjoyed in that particular section as well, because Nick Fury got into the helicopter, he flew himself out as well. Um, uh, Coulson was radioed in as well. Ah, oh, what's the um, female character's name from How I Met Your Mother? Her character is Maria Maria Hill, Agent Marie Agent yeah. Mary Hill. Huh, we got yeah, there. Yeah. Agent Mary Hill, she's there as well. She's made managed to get herself out. There's this awesome crane shot of the kind of uh, the area where they're making all this experiment, the whole kind of like uh, warehouse area, just kind of implodes. It drops in on itself. 
mm. by the power of the Tesseract. Um, and there we go. And then, you know, that, again, the perfect ingredients to kickstart this movie. And Nick Fury goes, we are now in, what is it, level seven. We, mm. at this point, are at war. Oh, my God, here we go. It's time to assemble the Avengers. Um, again, yeah, really good start. Really like, uh, there's a line in there that Nick Fury says, uh, he says to Dr. Selvig, he, uh, he says um, about the low levels of gamma radiation. Uh, and I think Dr. Selvig goes, oh, it can't be harmful because it's only low low levels. And uh, Nick Fury go, uh, replies and goes, that can be harmful. Uh, mm-hmm. which I, I really like is and they're constant because if you look <clears throat> when we talk about previous films that that's such a cool running line of phase one that i never knew about is that they cut i think almost pretty much in three or three or four movies in this phase they've had some variation of that line like oh, linking the, it oh, in. the gamma yeah yeah, yeah the ga- and that i never re- i never quite realized before how much they go like a. They talk about gamma anyway, but b. You know they link that that Hulk thread quite nicely. That's very true, and I you know, you know the Hulk's going to appear in this movie, but like again, prior to this movie, you know, coming out, nobody really knew. You know, until Mark Ruffalo was announced, nobody really knew who was going to play the Hulk, or you know whether Edward Norton would come in and do it or not. Um, yeah, really cool. Really cool. They're teasing it. They're teasing the first appearance of the Hulk. Teasing. So, uh, character arrivals. So then we get... Uh, so we go... I think the first one is Black Widow, if I'm not... I think so. She She's uh, strapped up to a chair. She's been inter- interrogated by Russian baddies, it looks like. Um, and then uh, she gets a call from Nick Fury saying... Uh, Nick, Clint has been compromised. I think the lines are, um, mm. and then through that she goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, this is the real deal. I need to get out of this situation pretty quickly," which she does with absolute ease. Um, and again, that kind of the reaction between, you know, her going, "Look, I don't have time for this. I'm in a pickle at the moment." Yeah, sorry, your mate Clint is in is in trouble. She reacts immediately immediately so again it shows you the relationship between these two characters very very quickly because obviously this is the first time that's referenced um mm. because we haven't seen a clint um black widow uh sort of team up yet so this is the first time that they've teamed up as kind of agent partners um yeah 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 i i think for me uh <clears throat> i think actual first gripe might be that the so the scene with Black Widow, it, it, it's a, I find it a bit, it's a bit jarring in the sense of style. So it felt like yeah, yeah, yeah. her being trapped by thugs, right? And she's, uh, you know, trapped to the chair, blah blah blah. Uh, and then they have they they allow this whole phone call to happen, and for, you know, Black yeah, yeah. for blatantly Black Widow's going, well, I'm about to kick these guys' asses, and then they just wait for that to happen. And it and it feels a bit like um, the Batman, like kind of Riddler. A bit, a bit like bit too comedy comic at that point, but then it's yeah. not like that elsewhere. Like when we when we have battles or fights, it's it's serious, it's intense, right? But then the very or yeah, uh, not the very first one. So the very first one is Loki, so he starts killing people, you know, all around Shield, and um, so we have that really intense battle, and then we have some of this weird like 
quirky, taken straight from the comics, I, I could imagine, you know, type of scene with Black Widow and the, thugs. The, and, um... the, the, the stakes aren't there. You know, as much as she is uh, in an incapacitated situation, she's not in any threat. You don't think she's in any threat in any given moment in that scene. Um, no, no, which, no, that's... I think you're right. I know it's not the point, is it, I suppose, but you could argue, well, actually, the point is just to reintroduce her and get that on with. But actually, there could have been 50 other ways of introducing her then that you could have done yeah, yeah, as yeah. a pure pure comedy scene without having some weird thugs like being part of it. But I, get, I, I wonder whether that was for the people that haven't seen the movies previously, like for the people that haven't seen Iron Man 2 mm. that don't know this character. So they've gone, oh, look, it's an agent being threatened by Russians, that gives, again, a little bit of a hint on, on her backstory immediately without saying anything. So it's kind of like an easy setup, an easy explanation uh, to this character before they go straight into uh, more into the plot. Maybe. I don't know. Very true. Very true. Yeah. So, and then, and then we get a, a crazily good scene. Uh, with Black Widow and uh, the Hulk, or yeah, Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner I think she says, I, "I think she says on the phone, you get the big guy." Yeah, uh, uh, no, uh, that's Coulson says to her, "You'll get the big it. guy," and then she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll get, I'll get." She thinks it's, it's Tony Stark. She's like, yeah. "Yeah, I'll get Tony," and then Coulson's like, "No, no, 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 I'm on about the big guy, the big guy." <laughs> And here we go. Mark Ruffalo's first appearance as the Hulk. Um, he's in India. Um, I completely forgot about this scene. Like, honestly, as when, when we got to it, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this scene. Um, mm. And there's this, you're right, it's a really, really good scene. It's a really, really good introduction. You can see that the Hulk is, well, not the Hulk, Bruce Banner is helping out um, all the townspeople uh, in a local village, uh, he's uh, he's a doctor, effectively. He's helping them, he's helping make them, you know, he's healing people um, uh, with illnesses and all that kind of stuff. And he's doing humanitarian stuff. Again, that's the kind of thing I was expecting as a job Bruce Banner to do in the first one that we saw. Yeah. Instead of working in the factory, I would have thought he would have used his intelligence and used his uh, philanthropic trait for humanitarian things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My only, uh, uh, I'm going to come in with another quick gripe here. Uh, my only gripe with the introduction of Mark Ruffalo uh, as Bruce uh, for this film, too much, um, I'm get, I, I had too much of Bruce uh, worrying about the Hulk and being fearful of, of transitioning into the Hulk. And uh, I, I felt it was just a, a little bit too much like, oh, I, d I, d I don't want to be there, man. I don't want to mm. do that. I, I, d I just think, like, and it, I, I felt it was just too heavy-handed with that. I think a couple yeah. of pieces of dialogue about it, fine, I can get on board. But actually, I would have wanted for them to introduce Mark Ruffalo in a, in a different way than just, uh, okay, we're going to reinforce that in order to yeah. establish him. And the other thing is that the fact that they are tying in Edward Norton's Hulk into this kind of, you know, MCU canon, then at the end of that movie, you can see that he's very much got that under control, that he's not scared about hulking out. He's able to control that. And he's, he's not like he's embracing it, but he's able to control when those transitions happen. So 
if they were to have taken that on, clearly they didn't and made that choice not to, he wouldn't be scared of that. He wouldn't be scared of his alter ego. He wouldn't be scared of the Hulk. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he just, he'd noticed that that's there. Um, I think you're right. But still, it was a good scene. It was a good introduction. Um, oh, there was I, there was lots I, there. I loved, I loved the whole fact that she goes, oh, it's just me and you. And then, and I, no, it isn't. Yeah, it literally a whole loaded. team of people. <laughs> a whole SWAT team outside. Is just about, that was really good. <laughs> but then, you, I think, again, the uh, relationship between the Hulk and Black Widow is established right there in that first scene. You can you can mm. see that there's uh, an, a, an, a, a personal attachment between both of them there, um, and that gets threaded through throughout the whole phases uh, up until the end. Um, but yeah, that was cool. I, I you know I think um, there was a really lovely moment in that scene, in particular that's worth mentioning, is that you can see that Natalia is scared of him. Yes, is scared of the Hulk, mm. and and that kind of gets seen again later on when we see Banner change into the Hulk, but you can see that there's this kind of, Oh, this is a shit scary dude um, that can create a lot of destruction. Um, it just throws in obstacles and challenges for her role to then to overcome later on. Because I think, I think it's not until age of Ultron that it gets addressed again. Um, yeah. But yeah, cool moment, cool moment. So throughout the film, we get uh, Nick Fury constantly having to battle against the council, the Shield, uh, Shield Council, uh, about what he what he's doing, what his actions are. Um, phase two is constantly mentioned. Um, it was which is these... funny because it's a tie-in, isn't this as well to actually Phase two incoming yeah. in the MCU. Uh, so I, I, I really like that little in, uh, that thing. Um, then I then I got angry again. I turn into the Hulk uh, uh, at this point, Matt, because uh, uh, not because of this film, but because it took me back to why I was annoyed uh, at the end of Captain America. Right? You might uh, okay. remember I was talking about the at the end credit not being a proper end credit. Do you remember? So it was about Nick Fury walks in and Captain America's bashing this like uh, boxing thing uh, hanging from the ceiling. He's bashing it away uh, and then Nick Fury talks to him and I say well it's not a proper end credit scene because then it basically turns into a trailer for Avengers uh, and then at that moment in this film I then got re-annoyed because we, we basically see that scene which even more mm-hmm. emphasises that that end credit scene was absolutely not an it wasn't an end credit scene Captain no. America cheated all of us just by giving us a teaser trailer for another for, for another film um, uh, and I think if I try and remember what I said back when we watched it and we did the podcast, is that I said it wasn't in credit sequence. And you're right, mate. It's not. It's a teaser trailer. Teaser trailer, mate. Hundred percent true. Trailer. True that. Cheap. <laughs> Cheap. Cheap. Robbed, mate. Bloody robbed. Um, yeah. So, so this is Cap, isn't it? Captain America's bit. We have a bit of a flashback, don't we? Uh, I don't think it's needed personally, but you know, we get the flashback, you know, up until the point that he is um, submerged in ice. Um, and then he punches that, you know, he punches that um, boxing bag and it flies out, which actually I think is a nod. Did you, were you a fan of Buffy, by the way? <clears throat> Buffy. Buffy the uh, Vampire Slayer. Not an active fan. I saw a couple of episodes. I think it's a nod to uh, a scene in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where they punch the uh, uh, 
fucking why I can't talk. Punch in the boxing bag and it flies out of the way. And I think is that it's because Joss Whedon directed Buffy the Vampire Slayer, um, uh... as he did this movie as well. Um, but yeah, we see we see Captain America have this moment with Nick Fury. We see him about you know going look, I need you. It now's the time. Gives him the file. The file was about the Tesseract. Um, and in Nick Fury, upon Captain America's exit, goes, is there anything we should know about this Tesseract? He said, yep, you should have left it in the ice. Ooh, I was like, okay, all right. He's a, a bit little, angry about this. Oh, a little, okay. little bit salty. A little bit of a Ooh, salty reply. Oh, chill out, Cap. And, and, then, <laughs> and then we cut to... Uh, Iron Man under the sea, oh. under the sea. Iron Man's doing Iron Man stuff under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that that was the toy, and I, I least expected from this episode. I uh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming at all. Uh, well, that, there we go. But this, I think, this scene, Matt, favorite yeah. scene of the film, favorite scene of the film, I think. Uh, I just, I love it. He walks in. All of the the floor as, absorbs his armor as he's like, mm-hmm. walking in. He sees Pepper Potts. You kind of reestablish that relationship again. Um, mm. Oh, she's uh, so good. She's great. Oh, oh, oh ah, no, she's brilliant. Favorite, <laughs> favorite, favorite character in the whole MCU. <laughs> <laughs> Gwen, 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 you listen? Yeah, you're great. You're great. You're you're up there, Gwen. It's good. It's all good. I'm so I'm sorry. I'm gonna say this for the uh, second time, Gwen. That I never doubted you. I never second guessed uh, that you were a very substantial character and a fantastic uh, hero. In and not even a hero, but you are my hero in Phase One. Thank you. Um, yes, so Gwen. she brings the bands, she brings the bands, she knows what her role is, she brings the bands, and that's what she was there for. And, uh, yeah. and talking about bands and uh, uh, Gwyneth Bands, uh, she says uh, she calls uh, Agent Colson Phil, so yep. he uh, he rocks up and she goes, Oh, hey, Phil, and then and then Stark goes, Uh, his first name's Agent. it's really good Agent Coulson through this whole film is fucking amazing he's incredible oh my in all all seriousness I think he is my favourite character in this movie I forgot how good Agent Coulson is written like it is absolutely he's just he's amazing but it's it's, we've already we've mentioned it before but it is worth mentioning again it's because he's human it's because mm. we've got this human dude that's employed in this extraordinary job, surrounded by gods and m- mutants and uh, tech people that can make Iron Men suits. It's ridiculous. So th- mm. there is this through line that you you kind of live through Coulson a little bit because Coulson, obviously, you know, in this movie as well, you know, we might as well say it now as we're kind of focusing on him. He has this uh, boyhood affinity to Captain America. He has Captain America baseball cards and yeah. he doesn't know, really know how to talk to Captain America uh, and he gets kind of like giddy around him and it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. 
<laughs> he, 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 he tells he tells Captain America pretty much at their first meeting that he watched he watched him sleep, and then he has to be uh, like, no, yeah. no, no, I, 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 I was uh, I can't remember how he words it, but he just has to change what he's saying, and it is absolutely amazing. So good. But going back to Stark Towers, that's the first time we see Stark Tower um, uh, in its in its entirety. Um, and again, this tower has been built through the energy of the new element that he created in the second movie. And this is kind of like the first step to the big plan of Howard Stark's plan of creating this whole resort based on this kind of clean energy. Um, uh, and that's a part of what this whole thing is. So you can see that Tony Stark hasn't been sitting on his hands the last mm. like year between you know his Iron Man two and and Avengers. He's been working hard. He's been building this and he's been building a yeah, his dad's legacy, which I think is really lovely. Oh, interesting. Um, sorry, going back to that scene, mate. I found mm. a little uh, Easter egg. There's because Coulson shows Tony Stark some like uh, footage on the screen, doesn't he? I think I think it's on like a screen of some sort. But we see. I think it's either in that scene or it might be after, I can't remember, but we do see shots of the old Hulk from the Incredible Hulk oh, in okay. the tank scene where he's taken out those tanks outside the um, university. Yes. Um, there are shots of that being used in this movie, um, which just again, just reaffirms and confirms that obviously it's, it is part of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. All, all canon uh, in the phase. Um yeah, I, I think, yeah, it's interesting they put a nod in there. It is interesting that yeah. they put actual footage in there. Um, I think they, could, they couldn't avoid neglecting it completely, I suppose. That's um, true. But interesting. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Harking back to the first time watching this, um, I do remember watching this at the Curzon in London on the day of release. I was not—I'm not even joking. I got a photo to prove it to you. I was wearing a Thor helmet. My mates were wearing. Uh, I had a little Captain America shield, and uh, I also had an Iron Man uh, uh, mask, which I still own. Uh, and we went <laughs> in our early twenties. Uh, go to the Curzon and saw the Avengers like a bunch of 12 year olds um, I remember because yeah around this time was uh, exam season so I was I was, and these were big exams because I was doing A-levels ready to go into university later that year um, and no I wasn't that's that's a complete fucking lie I just lied to your face there I apologise sincerely mate 2012 oh, I was no. already at I was already at university. It was the complete opposite. I was in my first year. So I was in there. There no, were no exams. And if there were exams, it was, yeah. you know. So you, you were in your first year. Fir- first year of university? First year, of tw- yeah. 
20, yeah, two, first year at university. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I was just about to start my MA. Jesus Christ, mate. Honestly, you are. Yeah, it's it, disgusting. Man. It's like the old man. It's like, you know, the podcast with my granddad. Uh, it's really not nice. I don't like it. And I know, and I know, listeners, if you don't know my face, you know, I know that you think this is the voice of some 18 year old. It's not. It's the voice of a 32 year old. Okay. My face is aged, but my voice has remained pubescent for <laughs> quite some time. Quite some time. Uh, uh, it's depressing. It is so depressing. Because I, I wonder, and I'm not fucking joking, mate. I wonder mm. how I'm going to sound when I'm in like my 60s, 70s. Will I have this voice just a little bit more elderly? Or am I going to Benjamin button it up? Am I going to go backwards? Oh my God. Is it only going to get higher? <laughs> Hello! You're right, you're right, Matt. I'm turning 72 <laughs> today. Oh, anyway, I mean, anyway. we have detoured, but uh, uh, then I'm going to skip ahead to Thor entering. <clears throat> uh, Thor arrives, and then we get a lovely little sibling scene between Thor and Loki. Uh, obviously, this is the first time Thor has seen Loki face to face since uh, the events of Thor. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot of beef. Um, but another favourite line in this scene: Tony Stark. Uh, he says, and this is perfect, uh, Matt, because it goes right into what we were talking about during the Thor episode. Uh, he says, yep. Shakespeare, Shakespeare in the park. Well, he sees Thor uh, and Loki in the park having a fight, and he goes, "Oh, Shakespeare in the park," which I think is perfect. Bearing in mind what we know about Thor as being the movie, Kenneth Branagh being hype, hyped up. You know, oh, they, yeah, I, I wonder whether that was deliberately put in. Oh, 100%. 100% there. And I, I want, I, but I'm, I'm interested to see whether it was put in because of uh, it's their reaction to the fan reaction of Thor. So some yeah, fans yeah. going, oh, it was really hyped up, overly Shakespearean. So they went, all right, we'll, we'll fucking dick on that by putting, putting yeah, a line yeah. in. Or they, they, it was from, it was more of a positive spin. Like, I actually we quite liked the Shakespeare time. <laughs> What's that? It's a, my favourite line. Is it line, man? Doth mother know you weareth her drapes? <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> Such a good line. <laughs> yeah, I do remember cackling with laughter when I watched that for the first time. Um, yeah, it does. It, it, again, it, it throws in this kind of Shakespearean element. Uh, and this outer worldly conversation they have with each other and Iron Man just so happens to be there as well. Um, mm. But again, a giddy moment for me was the moment where Thor and Iron Man fight. Like it was just, oh, so good. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm cutting in there, Matt, with a possible gripe of mine, right? Because, Ooh. so Iron Man and Thor don't get on at this point. No, right. I don't. Now, Iron Man associates Thor to all the like lots of trouble that's going on, right? Uh-huh. Now, I don't understand that because Stark spent the whole night reading loads of notes about all of his, you know, fellow Avengers. On those notes, it would have said that Thor pretty much saved Earth by killing the Demolisher. 
right? In the events of the Thor film, Thor did many an act that saved many a person, many a village, you know, whatever. Um, now, so I don't really quite get the aggression from Iron Man to Thor at that point. I mean, who wouldn't want to have a fight with Thor? <laughs> no? It's not the argument I thought you were going to take. But... <laughs> no, but seriously, who who wouldn't want to take on Thor with the anticipation of potentially getting a little cuddle out of him? No, anyone? You know, just 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 sort of like run in for a rugby tackle and then just don't let go. Just sort of hold on for a little bit. Just sort of squeeze into his waist a little bit, and then go. Maybe, <laughs> maybe just squeeze and just sort of smell his cape, and then and then and then go. All right, yeah, you got me, God of Thunder. You got me. No, I've zero words. Uh, but that is that. Is good. No. that is good. Just me, just me. No, and then my next thing would be. So you've decided to dye your eyebrows? <laughs> yeah, they're not blonde anymore. I get that. Ah, some homoerotic fantasy there of uh, uh sorry straight into uh, sorry um, sorry I I digress. That's I mean I digress. If anyone else has those thoughts, do email us at don't be a hero podcast at gmail.com. Tell us uh <laughs> to us all about, you know. But I'll tell you what Right, please email in with any fan fiction that my good friend Matt can read. Uh, because there must be a, a load of what a segment that would be, my friend. Oh, I'm well up fan, for that. Loads of fan fiction about Thor, you know, cuddling God knows who. Um, that must please, exist. please do that if you are listening. Please send in any hilarious fan fiction for us that would tie into the movie that we are, we are uh, all the characters that are referenced in the movie that we are talking about. And we, we will throw that in a segment every week. We'll do that. Oh my god, we'll we do abs- it. we need a whole episode of fan fiction. We oh, oh my mate, god, that is okay. Fan, yes, please send it in. Fan fiction, the worst, the best, the cheesiest, the most romantic. We want to read it. Uh, and Matt's gonna Matt's gonna read it in his most fan fiction esque voice. Oh, I don't know what that. Is. I am there. Oh, I am excited. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Anyway, <laughs> yep. Um, what do we do? So we we got to the moment where yeah, doth mother know you weareth her drapes. Um, we get a wonderful bit, that wonderful scene with Tom. Uh, Tom, I just said Tom Holland. I nearly went Tom Holland. It's because we've been talking about fan fiction and been talking about Tom, talking about oh, yeah. Spider Man. Now, um, we get to the next. <laughs> we get to the next scene. All right. Where I think it's back. I think it's back to Shield, isn't it? Uh, Is it back to the hangar? Yes, I think we get a little bit because what we haven't mentioned yet is Shatari. We haven't talked about the Shatari yet. The who? Shatari. Who? Shatari. <laughs> it sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Or is that just me? The Shatari. Yeah, I mean, it is is the, the Shatari, 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 whatever it is, it's the least scary. In like, he went, oh yeah, yeah, um, uh, 
Matt, I've got um, I've got something to tell you, mate. We um, we're really yeah. worried on Earth because uh, yeah. we're about we're about to um, about to get in, um, invaded by uh, okay. the Shatari. The so the, the who the the Shatari Shatari yeah is that Shatari are coming and they're they're going to attack that? us pretty hard from from every side. The, the I sh- think I Shatari. I think I had that for dinner last night, mate. It is, ludic- it is ludicrous, but I think again they're never they, they you know that then they were never going to be the, the the main threat. Do you know what I mean? Like you know, in, in, even in the scenes that we haven't spoken about earlier in the movie, where Loki talks to the Shatari, the leaders of the Shatari, um, they talk about this other master, other mm. person that they are serving. We all know dot 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 who that is. So that's the main threat. So we go, oh, okay, these people, whatever, you know, yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. But an- another name would have been cool, but yes. Another uh, name would have been better. So we'll win Loki Earth, but from a world not known is what I put. So should, the army will win Loki Earth, but from a world not known. Don't know whether that was a line in the film or that's just my comment. Uh, what i tell you what is uh, a line from the film uh, around this time. Uh, mm-hmm. This possibly, I don't know if I get a better one later on. Favorite line of the film. Thor says, uh, "So I think Thor says uh, the first bit as well." He says, "Loki killed eighty people in two days," and then he says, "He's adopted." <laughs> <laughs> that is good. That is good. That is very good. Um, I think that's during the scene where they're all together, isn't there? All the Avengers are sat, sort of in a consultation period, it seems like they're in a meeting um, and uh, Iron Man naturally takes the lead, which I find quite interesting. You see the dynamics of Captain America and Iron Man come out. You see that there's resentments from Iron Man's perspective towards Captain America. You know how would Stark idolized Captain America. He knows that as well. So he has a chip in his shoulder against Captain America, which plays into Civil War massively later in uh, I think it's the second phase. Um, and uh, you also get this wonderful moment uh, between, uh, I think it's the, I think it's the Hulk and Captain America in particular that are questioning Shields motives. Yes, in the in the lab and they're talking about, you know, Oh, you know, this phase two. What about this phase two? What does that mean? What are they hiding from us? These secrets. Well, they've got these weapons that they've they've got, and they're gonna they're trying to weaponize uh, the Tesseract. Well, that's a bad thing. Why? And 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 you know, Natalia's like, yeah, but they're there to protect us. Iron Man's, you know, on that basis too. Um, and you get this. Oh, and I and this is the thing. Back then, when I first watched it, I had no idea that this was playing into Civil War. I had yeah. no idea that this is kind of the whole foundation of what civil war is, you know, them yeah. weaponizing alien technology for government and military control and military gain. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to rewatched it a couple of weeks ago on that. And I was like, oh, that's what that is. That's just good dynamics. Good dynamics. I and I, I love it as well. Just even from a basic principle that this whole phase we've been with, you know, as an audience member, you've been set to believe that shield are amazing. Yeah, every, every exactly. like they literally get set up as being like the dudes that will solve everything and know all these people and know what they're doing. So actually, having having some time to question that 
even as an audience member, whether we ultimately know they're good or, or bad or whatever, it is really good. I think that was a nice little contribution to the film, actually. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. So during this orbit, basically what happens is that um, Loki uh, takes out... Is, I, think, I can't remember what the... Um, the the Quinjet, it's the Quinjet, isn't it? It's the Quinjet, the Avengers Quinjet gets kind of taken down, gets uh, attacked on, uh, and the Avengers, through their kind of teaming up, they're not fully on the same page. They do get ended up split up at some point during this scene. Hulk mm. gets kind of smashed out of orbit, effectively. Thor gets thrown away. Uh, Captain America and Iron Man are just then left going, what, what do we do? Um, and... Clint and Black Widow are there as well, and and Black Widow is is there to try and capture Clint and recalibrate Clint into uh, normality again. Um, and there's a really awesome line. Either I think it's either just beyond this scene <clears throat> or just before it. I can't remember, but um, the line goes: "If we can't protect the Earth, we'll be damn sure to avenge it." And honestly, that sends shivers up my nerd brain and you know it's so it's so good it's such a good line um and just the kind of the the avengers music gets played at all the right moments in this movie and uh it was especially during that moment in particular that i just absolutely love it did you notice that during uh it's during the scenes just before it's attacked uh and there's like i think you've got banner um, Bruce and Tony are talking like science uh, in one room. You've got Captain America who's looking for answers to who S.H.I.E.L.D. really are, right? And they're kind of li- lots of different shots there. And then you've got one random shot of staff members, so all of the S.H.I.E.L.D. staff, on, on computers playing Space Invaders. Did you notice that? Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what? What is uh, obviously Space Invader? You know, it ties in, I suppose, in a weird, in a small way, anyway. But I would love to know if anyone out there knows spe- if there's a specific reason why there's a shot of them playing Space Invaders. There is, and I'm not going to say it. I'm going to leave it for our listeners to explain. Oh, you know it then. I do. But I'm not. I don't want to say it because I think it's a wonderful participation moment there, my friend, <laughs> for our dear listeners to engage in. <laughs> is it? Is it going to make me feel stupid, or would it be something? No, I not at all. Actually, no. Oh, okay. Not at all. There's uh, there's a couple of references to a specific game that they're playing, and it's kind of referenced later on in the action sequence in terms of how it's shot. Um, that kind of relates to the game. But I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it no, away. No, no, give it away. Right? I'm leaving it to, leaving it to listen up. Oh, uh, amazing. Anyway, I've got, I've got some, there's some bloody brilliant lines in here. Clench up Legolas, mm-hmm. which I think Iron Man says to Clint at some point, which I think is amazing. Uh, <laughs> there's a, I, I, we're kind of throwing ourselves in, but again, there's, there's so much in this movie. Um, one of my favourite moments is where Hulk punches Thor. It's so good, so good. Um, but we go beyond. We go beyond the Quinjet. Um, the team's been sort of broken up a little bit. Hulk finds himself in this weird, uh, deserted warehouse where there's a guard that rat is randomly there. Um, Thor seems pretty pissed. Again, Thor takes himself very, very seriously in this movie. Um, and then they kind of 
they all assemble back at the point where the portal is opened up. So basically, Dr. Selvig uh, returns and he is at the top of the uh, Stark Tower. And we see that he is using the energy that Stark uh, from the element that Stark is using in the Stark Tower to source and power up the Tesseract to open up the portal for the Shatari or the the enter the Shatari. <laughs> oh yes, that's the oh top of material God. I'm here for. Oh, oh, it's a good bit of business. Oh, it's a good bit of business. Oh, we'll, oh. we'll see you. We'll see you in phase two. That is. Oh, see yourself out there, Matt. That is golden, mate. Enter, enter the, the Shatari. Because <laughs> that's exactly what they do. They enter through to the portal and start invading New York. Oh, wow. Oh, that's oh, just that tickled my bones. That what did. a band, by the way. What a band. What a band. Um, <laughs> so, yes, they, they, <laughs> the, the, the Battle of New York basically commences on all kind of levels. Loki's there. He's been uh, Thor finds Loki in Stark Tower. They have an initial kind of battle. Mm. Um, these kind of weird kind of alien feet, you know, creatures turn up. And then soon out through this, the, the wormhole enters this big kind of slug snake dragon with no wings. Um, uh, approaches and kind of it kind of worms, doesn't it? It kind of goes up and down. It's the way it moves. Yeah, um, it's very, it's very weird. It's a very odd enemy, isn't it? In this film, it is. The Shatari and the worms. I'm, it's I'm... it's literally serving its purpose, though, isn't it? Because you're like, these are the bad guys. There's bad guys in all shapes and sizes, and this one in different kind of levels of difficulty to def- defeat. Let's throw these at our Avengers and see how they deal with it. And honestly, uh, the amount of destruction that ensues on New York in this sequence is absolutely unreal. There's actually, a, you know, I don't know if you want to mention it because you want to talk, you love talking about the civilians in New York. I don't give a two shits about them, but I'll let you, I'll let, I'll let you talk about it because there is one particular moment that's oh, worth mate. mentioning. So. <laughs> Go on, you fucking say it. <laughs> Do you know what is golden about you, <laughs> you kicking off about this? Is that I've specifically wrote in my notes, lots of civilians running around New York, exclamation mark. <laughs> Got very excited, uh, Matt. It, because it is exciting. And I'm waiting for the emails to flurry in because I want that one person, you know, Bob from Belgium, who who's really loves a civilian in a Marvel film. Um, but we get some great moments. So uh, one of is, uh, is it the police moment you're you're thinking about, maybe? There's a police, there's a lady that works in a diner that gets saved or just witnesses. There's a couple of like, so, yeah, go on. She gets saved. I think my favourite one. Uh, so uh, there's a couple of uh, police uh, guards who uh, tell Captain America that he can't, you know, he can't, I can't get through or can't do what he's planning to do. They basically stop him, um, and they and they don't they don't listen to him. They just go, oh, whatever, mate. And then and then we get an awesome cut, uh, thing of Captain America doing what he does best. They witness that. Uh, I think. Oh yeah, that's it. I think he tells them to close the road or to stop something going on, and they're like, "Why? Why are you talking about? Why? Why should we listen to you?" And then he does this kick-ass move, uh, and then the police are like, "Oh yeah, all right, all right, do what he says." And that worked. That worked perfect. It was some great civilians. Um, there, there are, in, in all seriousness, there are some 
good kind of tender moments. And again, it brings it, it brings it into uh, realistic expectations of where they are. New York is a ridiculously dense place, fully populated, um, you know, so when there's this amount of destruction, it's going to affect a lot of people. Um, and I don't, I just find it, I don't know. I don't know. I just find it really interesting in the fact that, you know, New York is obviously the tragedy that's gone around New York as well, already in the past with the world trade center and everything. There's, there is that kind of element that people can resonate with and on a human level go, Oh, that's pretty, that is rough because we know, what that is from experiences and you know, people live living through that as well so yeah get that i get it i'm not saying i'm not a, i'm not saying we need it but i get it you know what i mean i get the civilians that they're there and i get the stories and why yeah i get it i'm not saying we need it well i'll tell you what when we eventually get to uh shang chi there are some fantastic oh, yeah. civilian moments in that film yeah we get our the, first ever shot of the Avengers in a circle. We get we the signature circle of Avengers and the powerful music to accommodate it. They honestly that shot, that moment where they're all together and the music's being bellowed out and it, it's just perfect. It literally I'm not even joking. It gets me very, very excited beyond the point that I kind of like almost well up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah, I kind of get a bit teary because it's just so good. And it's just... <sighs> there's there's something about these characters coming together from so many different places that are working together against one common enemy. And there's something beautiful about that. Some beautiful, but equally, it's just really cool. Uh, to see it in a screen movie sense. I'm just trying to think about how it felt back then. I do remember it being pretty special. Um, There's one gripe for me. There's literally (laughs) one gripe for me in this movie, and it's Captain America's new outfit. Captain America's new outfit. It's like that skin-tight thing, and Coulson says it's an upgrade, and I'm like, that is 100% a downgrade. And I don't know whether it's just me, but it just just this kind of helmet with this thin, tight kind of costume just doesn't make it feel, it feels quite like, like if you were to put Captain America in a 1980s, 1970s like TV show, that's what it'd probably wear, because I haven't got the budget for the kind of cool stuff. But I don't know, there's no real armour to him, there's no real kind of until later down the line, we get different kind of outfit, outfits and suits. But that kind of outfit really just upset me. It throws me, throws me off, especially in that set sequence when you see all the Avengers together. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've got to be honest. If that's your only gripe for the whole film, for two hours and a half worth of film, then you know, Avengers. I think overall, Avengers, an amazing film, an amazing oh, way to say goodbye to Phase One. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I know. I, I know we we might want to wrap this up quickly because, but there's one thing we haven't mentioned, mate. There's one thing we need to talk about during this movie. We have skipped through like it was like it was a footnote in this movie, which kind of it's just alarming, actually. Oh, what's that? It's, it's Coulson's death, mate. Oh. 
I think I think I didn't want to. I didn't want the words to be mentioned out loud, Matt. I'm sorry I had to say it. Then it makes it real, mate. I think that's probably it. I think the reason why we skipped over is because we don't want to talk about it because it's so heavy. But genuinely, I think so. It's at the moment. I think it's kind of like two thirds into the movie. Loki's still in this kind of chamber. He gets out and then he, you know, he takes out Coulson and Coulson's there as he becomes the hero in this moment. He tries to, you know, stop Loki and in, and in doing so he gets himself killed and I remember watching that and I genuinely remember for the first time ever in a cinema hearing audible gasps and people being like no no not Coulson anybody but Phil and it throws in again it just throws in the kind of investment you had for this character immediately and because obviously this is the first avengers movie and the audience knew that there was lots of movies coming beyond it and there was a phase two coming and then the death of colson you go oh no i want to see more of colson i want to see more of this character because i really resonate with this character um yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it, was, it was a really sad moment it was actually quite a sucky moment in particular, I do remember when watching it for the first time, but it's, it may, has to be mentioned. R.I.P. Phil Coulson. Phil Coulson. I, I, I wanted, I was all, I was all ready for his, you know, um, dark period. You know, I was, I was ready for his, what do you, you call it? Like, he's been quite a nice guy through this phase and I was hoping, yeah. you know, he'd be around for phase two and we could see, like, the darker side to Coulson. For, you know, <laughs> kill Phil. Uh, forget about Kill Bill. Uh, yeah. The Disney series Kill Phil. Kill Phil. <laughs> you won't like it when he's angry. <laughs> that is great. He's like put little blades on the end of his little uh, trading cards. <laughs> like flings them out of people. Like it's Kill Phil. Kill Phil. Kill Carlson. This is a uh, rare Captain America. <laughs> yeah, I'm level ten, you motherfucker. Uh, and he just, uh, yeah, that I would have been there for that. But um, yes, um, yeah, I think I just, just another couple of moments in terms of just worth mentioning before we finish uh, the moment where uh, Loki has a go at Hulk and he just kind of throws Hulk, uh, throws Loki left and right over his head uh, is a wonderful moment. I remember getting a massive laugh in the cinema. Uh, so it's quite a nostalgic pop for me, in particular in that bit. Uh, the bit where the government as well were literally about to nuke new york yes which i i thought was a bit okay you oh wow okay government fine all right mm. let's do that um but obviously that didn't happen um and i just want to give massive props to uh alan silvestri uh who is the composer for the avengers uh music uh, who created that amazing theme song, but also is one of my favourite composers because he composed Back to the Future theme song. Oh, wow. Did he? Did he? Wow. Yeah, he did. But, uh, Amongst Aven- many others. But yes. Avengers music is just... That's bugging, uh, man. Soon so you hear good. it. Um, you know, if I was legally allowed, I'd bow out mm-hmm. this episode mm-hmm. quite nicely with a bit of Avengers, but uh, you, you, we yeah. all know that a Disney lawsuit you know, will bring down... Everything, 100%. Everything in all its path. But they capture Loki, don't they, mate? They close the portal. It's very simple. Nothing really... Dr. Selvig gets un... He gets recalibrated. He realises he's now no longer possessed. They... Loki goes back with Thor. 
the team effectively just split up and go their separate ways. I think Hulk and uh, uh, Iron Man or Tony Stark and Bruce Banner get into a car together and geek out over science stuff in a convertible. Um, and that honestly is it. Like that is it. Um, and we were left with Nick Fury. Although we do get our big Stanley moment. Yeah, uh, which you you forgot about, Matt. You forgot. You forgot. Poor old Stanley's big moment in this. So I did. at the end of the film, uh, they all go their separate ways, and then we hear the public responses uh, to the Avengers. Uh, so yeah, again another. That's probably why you blocked out, Matt, because this is another civilian moment. You just think it all off. Maybe oh, I, hate, I hate real life. I hate it. Look, if I wanted to watch people on the street, I'd watch EastEnders <laughs> or Gogglebox. No. Um, so Stan Lee turns up he rocks up uh, and um, they're showing loads of different shots so we're getting the news uh, news articles uh, presenters and we're also getting uh, people on the street so for Vox Pops and um, little little Stan Lee turns around uh, he's just he's sat in a chair he turns around he goes superheroes in New York give me a break (laughs) um yeah, that's his little line. Yeah, uh, it doesn't quite make sense because he. So what's he saying that he doesn't believe there were superheroes? But but did he not see the massive fucking hole or any of the you know footage that was shown? It clearly shows a bright green man. I don't think anyone yeah. would dispute the fact that a superhero turned up. Quite quite a bit of rubble over there, mate. Quite a bit of rubble. Some broken windows, apparently. See this massive alien, dead alien there? Oh, and there, and there. Oh, and also there. But as we know with society, we will all ha- you'll always have uh, people who don't believe or conspiracy theorists who say it was all made up. That's true. That's true. Maybe that's why that was there. I don't know. Uh, it didn't really serve anything, did it, mate? It didn't really serve anything at all. Um, and also, uh, the kind of post-credit sequence that we got... Um, we go back to space. We go back to the planet where the Shatari, Shatari, the end of the Shatari, were communing uh, through this this whole movie. Um, and then we just kind of see a couple. I can't remember what the lines. I think there was a couple of lines, but we do see this kind of very quick moments where you see this figure appear and turn towards the camera over their shoulder, and you get a weird little smile. And it's a unfinished CGI version because <laughs> they haven't cast the character yet. The Tesseract, I think it's pr- probably a good point to raise at this point, is with uh, uh, Thor. So Loki and the Tesseract are with Thor at this moment. And that leads into the next Thor movie as well, which goes into phase two. And then we get another post post credit sequence of mm. the Avengers team uh, eating shawarma. Shawarma. Uh, in silence uh, <laughs> amongst the completely desolate uh, and destruct and destroyed uh, New York, um, which they're going to get told off about that. Someone's got to be held accountable for that kind of mess, people, you know? Um, but I tell you what, though, one thing moving forward, we hear the words New York a hell of a lot. And, we, and they refer to this event a hell of a lot. Like, from now on in... We're about to hear about this this film several, several times. Um, this is what I mean. You know, this is why I mean. it feels like this is a, uh, uh, it's not, it's not a setup movie. It is a pinnacle movie that sets 
sets up all the other ones and is 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 incredibly referenced and is a foundation to a lot of storylines moving forward. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, big 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 film. But I oh, absolutely loved Avengers, mate. I've got to say, and I will say this: this is definitely my favourite one so far in terms of our current chronological uh, watch along, watch not watch along, watch through, isn't it, of mm. our MCU journey? Uh, definitely was my favourite. Fantastic job of looping them all together. Fantastic do- job of integrating them. Um, like over the phase, well, I think phase one, you know, it's fantastic. I think the films is an appropriate amount of setup. There's some great moments in there. Uh, I think they learnt a lot of lessons. Uh, I would say um, from the phase um, and really set a pathway for how the films were going to carry on. Um, but yeah, I think wow, yeah. we've we've done we've done phase one, Matt. Phase one is over. We did it, dear listeners. If you are listening uh, and you've listened, you know, to every single podcast so far, or if not, if this is your first, second, third one, please get in contact with us on Don't Be Hero Podcast at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts on Phase One. What do you think about it? You know, is it is it the perfect setup of you know introducing this Marvel Cinematic Universe? What could they could have they done more? Could they have introduced other characters that have been later introduced in other phases into Phase One? Give us your thoughts. I want to listen. I want to. I want to. I want to read the Scout team. I want to read it out. I want to hear your thoughts. All that kind of stuff. So do get in touch with us if you are from the UK, the United States, Belgium, Bob, Bob from, from Belgium. Belgium. Yeah, very excited to hear Bob from Belgium. So, yeah, and then phase two, we will begin uh, our journey into phase two. Very first film is Iron Man 3. Oh, okay. Which is, and I remember absolutely loving Iron Man 3. (gasps) You'll Um, never see me coming. Uh, that and then uh, and also phase two has the introduction of my favourite of uh, the Marvel characters, um, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank you, Matt, so much. You have cured my hangover. You've cured my every need. Oh. You have. Oh, pleasure, mate. Thank you as well. It's always just an absolute flipping delight doing this it's genuinely one of my favorite things of my week i'm not even joking i get i get emotional thank you listeners thank you everybody right thank you so much mate till phase two till phase two what a journey phase two here we come Thank you for listening to another episode of Don't Be A Hero Podcast. If you have any comments, feedback or any thoughts, email us at don'tbeaheropodcast at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and other streaming platforms for future content. And to keep up to date on all things Don't Be A Hero, follow us on our Instagram or our TikTok at Don't Be A Hero Podcast. We'll see you there.